Hello and welcome to the Irish NFL Show Week 15 Instant Reaction Podcast. And when I say instant, I mean instant because as we were recording this, the Buffalo Bills have just uh, recorded a quite a whopping victory over the Dallas Cowboys. And joining me to recap everything that's going on in this fantastic Sunday of action is Kieran Boyle calling in from the States. How are you feeling, uh, Kieran? It's uh, been quite a hectic day. We've all teams back this weekend, a great weekend of football. And a feast for the eyes, even if not every team, uh, but we wanted to win one. Exactly. Yeah, great day. Great day today. Yesterday was great as well. Love the they kind of built up to a crescendo into the Broncos game. Um, I really enjoyed watching um watching that game. Um and then today, you know, we had some good struggles, uh, or good 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 battles out there, good uh teams fighting for the lives in the playoff hunts. And uh yeah, it was great. Well, I, I think that the the first thing we have to crack into is the matchup between the Bills and the Cowboys. And whatever way this game worked out i think it would be a massive talking point because in both of these teams are two of the best in the league they're both chasing their divisional titles in in the east but i don't think anybody was expecting the nature of the bills coming out at what well, i believe they were 21 to 0 up at one point uh 21 to 3 up at half time you know completely hitting the dallas cowboys out of the park and we've said this so many times with the cowboys that as soon as they get in a, in a position where everyone's like, oh my God, these guys are really good, someone ends up coming and kicking, kicking their jacksie. Uh, and that's exactly what seems to happen today. Josh Allen and the Bills just steamrolled them in the first half. Yeah, um, it was never really competitive. Like you said, it went, uh, it went up uh, 21-0 fairly early. Um, Cowboys are great at home. They, you know, Dak is comfortable at home on that surface. And they're up in Buffalo. They're kind of lucky that the weather wasn't as bad as it could be in in, uh, in Western New York in December. Um, but, you know, the Buffalo kind of, they had a great game plan today. They took, I don't want to say they took the ball out of Josh Allen's hands, but it wasn't his game. This was the James Cook game. He just ran up and down the field. He had 179 yards. Um, he, he, he just, it was like, who is this guy? Where has he been all season for Buffalo? Um, Dallas, uh, you know, they, they just got manhandled all over the place. The, the the crowd was really I mean it was it was a playoff atmosphere it was a playoff game kind of vibe the whole time that the, the crowd was so loud you know you couldn't hear Dak doing the okay let's go you know little chat he does beforehand um, and you know the build went out and they 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 beat him up early enough and they did they did, didn't give the chance uh, didn't give the Cowboys a chance to even uh, take a breath of the game um, Dak. Uh, Dak struggled. Um, you know, obviously the, the line helped him a lot, and he did make a couple of runs, but he struggled to get any kind of flow to go together, uh, any kind of pattern in any of the plays. Um, and that's you know the Bills' defense was just suffocating. And the more they, the, the more they made the big plays, the, the more the crowd got into it. You know, late afternoon game. You know, the crowd have been there since sunrise. You know how the, you know how Bills mafia rolls. Um, but you know, Allen had a really you know kind of competent game. No picks, no crazy throws. Um, and he just put it in the hands of, of James Cook. And uh, Dallas has, you know, like you said earlier, they have these uh, they have these wobbles. You know, they have when they come up against a good team that's firing on all cylinders. You know, we've seen it with the with the Niners when they got dog walk there, and then you know, the Eagles gave them a good beating earlier in the year. They come up against these teams and they they look mortal again. They just uh, you know, CD Lamb. You know, he had a t- he had a touchdown tonight, but he, he wasn't as uh, as omnipresent as he has been. You know, against lesser teams. Um, Brandon Cooks, uh, he missed Brandon Cooks on uh, early on in the game, which could have been a big difference maker. But other than that, the Bills' defense was the was the story as well, uh, you know, as well as James Cook. Um, Cowboys, you know, they're they're ten and four. 
Eagles, I think, take over or will take over first place again. But the Bills, that was a huge win for the Bills. Gets them to eight and six. Um, you know, they're right back in the thick of it now. Um, and uh, it was a, that was a, that was a good, really good four o'clock window game. Um, blip in the calendar or blip in the uh, the radar for the Cowboys, but uh, you know, just a really good, strong, positive performance that the Buffalo Bills needed at the right time. They need a performance like this to to kind of get into the swing of things for January and hope that the muscle memory of the last couple of years in the playoffs will help them. Yeah, I just in, in relation to your uh, your point there that the game was pretty much taken out of Josh Allen's hands. I mean, if we look at the stats, when you think of a 31 to 10 scoreline was what Buffalo won by. When you look at Josh Allen's stats, he attempted 15 passes. He made seven of them. A total of 94 yards. James Cook had the ball 25 times and made 179 yards. That's an incredible the almost old-fashioned style of play that Buffalo went against a Cowboys team, which is plays sometimes the most old-fashioned type of football, and they rammed it down their throats. As for the Cowboys, of course, they got to play in Miami next week. A fantastic Christmas Day clash with uh, implications for both of these teams. We have Miami still going for the for the top seed in the East. They hammered the Jets today, just to worth mentioning that very quickly. Um, across Texas, or sorry, across to the other uh, battle of the Houston's as it was, meaning that the Tennessee Titans come out in their Oilers gear as the Houston Texans go to Tennessee. Proper grudge match. I mean, talk about trying to make sure that, that the opposing team's fans are just completely pissed off with you, that you're you're wearing a, a uniform that's so synonymous with the city of Houston against Houston. But it was the Houston Texans who came out with, with the win, got it in overtime, 19-16. They're now sitting at 8-6. and six. It wasn't easy. Almost like the Titans the last couple of weeks when the Titans went to overtime against the Colts and when the Titans completely did a 180 uh, on Miami Monday Night Football, they really ran a very tight game. But for the second time in, in three weeks of these three games, they went came out on the losing side, both of which at home, both of which at home to AFC South teams, is worth mentioning. But this is a really big win for Houston to get back on track in their hunt for the top of the AFC South. Absolutely. I did see, uh, you know, I was on X, Twitter, whatever you call it, and J.J. Watt was chirping about the uh, the, the uniform combo, too. <laughs> so, you know, it definitely, uh, it definitely resonated. I think now that, that the Texans won, they get to have it back. Is that so, that's what he was saying? Something along those lines. Yeah, I can't remember the exact words, but, you know, he was he was kind of uh, animated about it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Fair, you know, fair play to to, to Houston. You know, they, they they struggled a lot during this game. You know, they could have made the excuse, you know, no C.J. Stroud. Obviously, we know Tank Dell is out. Uh, Nico Collins was out, and you know, a lot of their kind of a lot of the guys that have got them this far weren't around today. Um, Case Keenum stepped in and he did a very serviceable job. Twenty three for thirty six. He did throw a pick, um, but he did get that touchdown. Um, the Titans, they you know they did look comfortable for for a little chunk of this uh, game. You know, Levis had a rushing touchdown, but uh, what I was most impressed was impressed with was the the the, uh, the Texans fight in the game. Um, they kind of put the the game in in Singletary's hands. Um, he had 26 carries, 120 121 yards, and did most of the heavy lifting and getting them back into the game. Um, and the defense, obviously, for the Texans, I mean, seven sacks on uh, on Levis. I mean, he just got. He just got beat around the place. He was not the guy that was so uh, you know cocky and you know with that bravado that uh, that he had against Miami last week. Seventeen for twenty six, uh, just under two hundred yards with a pick. Um, it was it was uh, you know other than you know 
handing the ball off to Derrick Henry a bunch of times. It was it was not an easy day for him. But I was uh I was happy to see the Texans win. You know, I think it's it's good for the AFC South to have them kind of creeping up with the Jaguars because I think the Jaguars at one stage had a three game lead in the division and were kind of getting a little bit I don't know if they were getting uh, a little, you know, lackadaisical, but now, you know, if the Jags lose tonight, they're in a dogfight with the with the Texans. So it keeps things interesting in this division. Um, and, uh, you know, I really like the, the, the job that D'Amico Ryans has done. I think he's, uh, uh, you know, he's a, a huge uh, addition to the kind of coaching world in the NFL. Um, what he's got out of the players. I mean, nobody in, in the league thought, you know, they, they probably would have thought, I mean, if you ask people in August, September, they probably would have had the, the Texans around the Panthers level. But what uh, what the coaching staff have got out of not just Stroud, but from you know Tank Dell before he got injured, and Nico Collins, and and even Devin Singletary, who's been a, a kind of journeyman, these guys are no by no means household names at all. And he's got a lot out of them to the point where they're eight and six in what was probably termed, if not a rebuilding year, then a, a completely not kind of holdover year. So um, massive credit to the Texans. Um, Titans back to five and nine. It's another, it's another kind of limp towards the end of the season for them. Uh, you know, it'll be the, the variable to, to Foxborough talk will get ramped up. Um, and you know, the, everybody knows the, the relationship with him and the GM. It's, it's, uh, it's as frosty as Foxborough in January. So, uh, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised if, if, uh, if all variable ends up in, in Massachusetts in, uh, uh, in in January when the coaching carousel kicks off, but I was very glad to see the Texans win. I was I was rooting for them a lot today. Yeah, I think I think between the CJ Stroud and maybe just maybe just uh, to get one over on the the Oilers, uh, it was nice to see the Texans win. And listen, in relation to your point at the AFC South, we can't forget about the Colts. I mean, as we're sitting here, the Jags and Ravens haven't kicked off yet. So as we're sitting here, the Jags are eight and five, the Colts are eight and six, and the Texans are eight and six. AFC yeah. South. And and, I, and the weak point in that division are the Titans, a team which nobody wants to play. And even next year, no matter who the coach is, I don't think it's a team anyone's going to want to play. That's a tough division. And that's something that we've often said about the AFC North. I think we are still saying about the AFC North because of the quality of teams there. And uh, the Cleveland Browns, once again, managed to, to pull out a, a victory. It wasn't a, a clean victory, quite a messy victory. Joe Flacco threw three interceptions. Justin Beals on the other side for Chicago do two interceptions, but in the end, Cleveland Browns uh, beat the Chicago Bears 20-17. Cleveland are now at 9-5. They're looking pretty well set to get into the playoffs. You know, it, sometimes in this league, it doesn't matter how you get it done, you just need to get it done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were, the Browns were they were down four, uh, I mean, 10 points in the fourth quarter. Just, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, I never doubted that the Browns would, uh, would come back, and I didn't doubt that they would win because you know, you, you break it down into, into you know, the, the basics and their offense is so much better than Chicago. Chicago did, yes, they did beat up Flacco a little bit and they did, you know, make some stunning plays on defense, but, you know, there's only, the defensive plays will only take you so far. I mean, look at the Jets. But um, I saw the, um, I saw that, uh, when I was watching the game that, um, you know, I, I, I was always confident that the Browns would have enough. They just have too much on offense and there's too much kind of, you know, kind of uh, impact players that helped them through. And the two main impact players, Njoku and Amari Cooper, were the ones that got them over the line. Um, they they won't be happy with the fact that they left it so late. Um, and, uh, you know, the Bears were competent. They were doing enough just to keep the, the, the Browns at bay. But I always got the impression that the Browns were going to be okay in the end. Um, 
Fields was, I mean, he was 19 for 40, 166 yards, two picks, classic Fields game. He's scrambling. He's running, you know, he's running at the sidelines. He's trying to get three or four yards out of a broken play. A couple of deep throws that were wayward. Um, and now the Bears have a massive, massive problem. Now, do they keep Fields and they start shopping him around? Um, because he did not look comfortable. He did not look competent in any way. Um, just, uh, you know, he's got the weapons. I mean, he's got people like Cole Komet. Um, you know, he's got people to throw the ball to. But um, like I said, the Browns, they, 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 Stuck it out um, too close to comfort. You know, that Amari Cooper play towards the end was really nice up the sideline. Um, but like you said, Brown's 9-5, and five and they're making noise in, in the North, and they're making noise in the AFC. And I don't think anybody wants to go... Oh, I don't think anyone wants to go anywhere near Cleveland in January with that wind coming off Lake Erie. So, again, like a lot of teams, you know, Cleveland's starting to trend upwards. Um, Bears trending all the way down. Um, despite uh, despite the D playing well, I mean the D is not the problem with with Chicago. It's it's obviously the other side of the ball, but um, the uh, the Browns are trending upwards at the right time. Yeah, we talk about pro- uh, teams where the D isn't the problem. It's mainly the offense. I mean that was pretty much summed up the New England Patriots for most of this season. And I guess we're just gonna spin through a couple of the other Sunday games. Uh, I'll go on to the Patriots. The one game I was kind of keeping an eye on. Throughout the day, I will say this: it's a it was a typical performance today. Just uh, for anybody who didn't hear, the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs come into Foxborough and won twenty seven to seventeen. Quite a lot of Kansas City fans in Foxborough, by the way, which I didn't like, but I can't say I'm not surprised. Um, it was a, it, you know, I think uh, on the Kansas City side of the ball, I think Patrick Mahomes, you know, managed to get it done, but it's, the offense still doesn't look uh, completely connected. I mean, there was a couple of a uh, couple of quite bad drops. Um, from the what's the uh, receiver who's been given out all week? Kadarius Tony. Yeah, uh, there, there was one drop which ended up being uh, turned into a turnover. Which, considering the uh, the 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 talk, let's say I once I won't use the word whinging, but considering the talk coming from his uh, his side throughout the week, uh, I don't really think that he's backed it up. I think this is a an opportunity for the the Chiefs receivers to say, hey, we're not the problem here. We can still go out and play well, and they played average. They played well enough to to be the Patriots team that on offense could only ever play one good half football at a time. Uh, we've seen this many times, even last season with Bailey Zappi, that he's good in the first half. Or not, only, not maybe that he's not good, he can do things in the first half and in the second half, either because it becomes more readable or he gets tired or they run out of plays to run because they've used them all in the first half, that he's just not as effective. And we saw this last week against the Steelers when the Patriots scored 21 points in the first half and didn't score in the second and again, they scored 10 points uh, in the first half. Managed to get a rushing touchdown in the second. Well, at that point, the game was uh, not quite already gone, but pretty much far gone. You know, it's a, it's one of these Patriots uh, losses where there's some respect because of how the, the defense played, but the offense just couldn't really get going. There's two t- quick takeaways in the offense before I hand it back. Um, Bailey Zappi obviously likes Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is was his top target. Managed to pass a pretty good passing touchdown following on from previous trends. And Hunter Henry, for whoever it is, a starting quarterback in New England next year, will be good. And Ezekiel Elliott had 25 yards for 11 carries. That just is not good enough. Uh, considering that Bill O'Brien is a rushing coach and it's, uh, Zeke's performance against Pittsburgh. And I think when Zeke is playing well, the Patriots play well. If you look at most of the uh, the kind of good performances, even not wins, good, before, good quarters that the Patriots put in this year, if they've managed to find a way to use Zeke well, they actually... You end up running a good game, and I know I might sound like a, a Cowboys fan from two or three years ago, 
him saying that, oh, Zeke isn't the problem, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. you know, they did not find a way to use him. The Kansas City defense did a pretty good job all around today. I can't say anything against them. But I'm still not fully convinced that Kansas City are good enough or starting to peak just in time that by the time they get they come around to playoff season, that they're going to be, uh, they're going to be playing tough. And like, they got to play the Raiders, the Bengals, and away to the Chargers between now and the end. None of those are particularly tough games. Maybe the Bengals is a tricky one, but um, for me right now, I'm not putting my money on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. But mind you, you could have said that about any of the last few years, and they still managed to have the AFC Championship game in Arrowhead. So I don't know. Wait, you look, you look at this, Kieran. I think. Uh, how do you going to see the Chiefs moving on over the next couple of years? Yeah, and I've, I've spoken with Brian about this over the last few weeks. It's not the same Chiefs. They're not. They're not clicking in any kind of rhythm at all. The you know I know I know they've taken a uh, a hit with with some of the players that they've lost. Kelsey is a, a shadow of himself. You know you're not going to win a Super Bowl with people like Rasheed Rice or Kadarius Tony. I mean I know I know Tony had some impact plays in the Super Bowl last year, but we can obviously see that that was a complete fluke. Um, he's an absolute liability right now. There are um, there's clips going around on social media of uh, Mahomes throwing his helmet away. Um, there was a clip of him after the Tony pick where he just he he was on the bench and the camera was trained on him for about thirty to forty seconds and he was you know he was mad. It just you know he was obviously mad at, at Tony and the pick, but this is not a, a, a thing that Mahomes or any that the, the the Chiefs have had to deal with in the last four to five years. It's been very. It's like lightning in the bottle. They were almost like destiny every single year. And now they're facing a lot of adversity. Um, they're not, I mean, Pacheco was out, which was a huge, that was a huge um, problem for them. I mean, uh, Edwards Hilaire and, and McKinnon are, yeah, they're medium level running backs in this game. And Pacheco is, uh, Pacheco's your main guy. Him not being there was, that meant that Mahomes was throwing the ball a lot more. And uh, he's putting the, trying to put the ball in the hands of, uh, sub-adequate receivers like you know I mean I will say Rasheed Rice is adequate and he's he is competent but Kadarius Tony is not a smart man and um, he's a liability out there I don't think there's any way that they're going to keep hold of him after this year they're going to try and get rid of him whatever way they can um, and Mahomes you know we we have never seen Mahomes as frustrated in this kind of this season he's he's just not clicking with any of the receivers Kelsey is just not at it you know he had a bunch of drops today he was in the end zone and I don't know what happened, but that was a catch he would have made with his eyes closed, you know, since 2018. Um, there were a couple of questionable ref calls. Um, you know, I, I, there were a couple of calls went the Chiefs' way, which kind of let me scratch in my head, but you now that's by the by. Um, local guy, Demario Douglas, it was good to watch him. He went to the local high school over here. Um, so it's good to keep an eye on him. But uh, yeah, the Chiefs, I don't, th- I don't see the Chiefs going anywhere. Um, I think the road to uh, road to the Super Bowl goes through Baltimore, <laughs> but that's a that's another conversation for another day. But uh, yeah, Chiefs. Now nah, I don't I don't see them as uh, as a threat to do anything uh, majorly in the in the playoffs. Yeah, and before we talk very quickly about uh, the Jags and the Ravens, which depending on what time you listen to, you might have, you might have already uh, seen what's happened. But we're going to try to use our crystal ball a little bit. But before we get on to that, just a quick spin of a few of the other games. Is there anything in particular that kind of caught your eye? I know the Rams had a close win against the Commanders 28-10 the San Francisco 49ers have won the AFC or the NFC West congratulations to them and Mm -hmm. uh, got got a win which is a shock Um, and of course there's the case of the Giants so is there anything anything in particular that kind of caught your eye across the uh, across the action in the league today Um, it was nice to see the Panthers get a win 
Um, the weather, it's the, you know, the weather that we had in this part of Florida, they ended up having in Carolina this afternoon and it was just miserable, cold, you know, cold and wet. I mean, it was it's just miserable weather to play football, but I'm glad they got a win. Um, the Giants, you know, that's the, they're back to earth after the, the Tommy Cutlets, you know, uh, 15 minutes of fame. They were appalling. They were just miserable today. Dean never showed up. Um, six points on offense is just pathetic. Um, you know, Giants need a quarterback. Um, and they need a they need a, they need five three hundred and thirty pound dudes right in front of the quarterback too. So that's a lot of work for the Giants to do. Um, the the Dolphins. I, as a Giants fan, I take a lot of pride or not pride. I take a lot of satisfaction in watching the Jets get dog walked, and that was just non competitive today. That's you know, that's something we agree on. It seems maybe it's the Patriots fan. That's so even if it is the Dolphins, it's seeing that the, the Jets kind of. Miami, yeah, Miami just walked up and down the field. Uh, there's a clip. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen it yet. Uh, Rogers and Garrett Wilson goes up to Rogers and uh, Sal on the sideline. It's like he's begging somebody to throw him the ball, and they're just blanking him. They're looking off into the thousand yard stare, and he's just begging them, throw me the ball, and nobody's giving him anything. Sal walks away. Sal is done after this year. Um, I think uh, Rogers is is. He's beside himself because he's made it. He knows he's made a terrible decision. Why he went to the Jets in the first place, I've no idea. And why people thought the Jets would be competitive, even without Rodgers, I've no idea either. My my point on on Aaron Rodgers is the fact that Green Bay didn't really seem to fight for him. They're quite happy just to let him go. I think at some point they were just realized, you know what, this guy thinks he can he can rule the roost. So he let him go to New York and try to run everything his way. And realize that it isn't going to work. You know, obviously they would be playing better if he was a quarterback. That's you know, for any Jets fans listening, we we. Obviously, quite clearly acknowledge that that is designed for him. And if he was playing, they would probably still be in the playoff contention right now. But the, like, it's, it just seems an entire off, an entire franchise is designed around the wants of one man, and that man is Aaron Rodgers. You know, it it, it just it, for, I never really saw it as a recipe for success, and we've seen it now with the ass kicking they've got from the yeah. Miami. I think even just to finish up with the, the Jets talk, I think even um, if you've seen um, Hard Knocks in the summer. You know, there was a, it was all centered around, you know, Rogers is the he's the he's the glue, he's the he's a real players player, and he you know he gets on with everybody. I I predicted even if he was healthy, you know, I didn't think that was going to last. I don't think Salah. I think Salah's a great coordinator. I just don't think he is a uh, a head coach. You know, there's so many coordinators who are phenomenal coordinators, Dan Quinn and people like that. And they're, they're just not great head coaches. Um, but uh, you know, the Jets. I mean, what do you say? I mean. Five and nine, you know, they got a lucky win against the Giants. It should be four and ten. Miami barely, barely broke a sweat today, even without Tyreek Hill. They were comfortable. Mostert um, was, was you know, he had two touchdowns. Tua barely broke sweat. He had 20, 21 for 24 with uh, with a touchdown and 224 yards. Um, and that was, uh, you know, the, 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 the way that the Dolphins just look so at ease, the one thing I will be concerned with, though, is they're not going to be playing the Jets in the in the playoffs. And if for some reason Tua or Tyreek is out, then that's it for the Dolphins. I just don't think they have. I think uh, they're the two pillars that the Dolphins will uh, stand in the playoffs. And I don't know if, if, uh, if losing either one of them is going to do it for them. So they're very interesting to see how that goes for them down the line and how, how injured Tyreek is. Is it just a a thing where they just knew it was the Jets and they kept him out just to save him, or is it something more serious? But again, time will tell. Yeah, he seemed pretty confident in his own abilities. I think he was on Twitch during the week playing video games. And he said, you know what, I'm going to be all right. Now, that could be just 
showing face because he's in public. But I just want to have a quick chat just on on the on the Dolphins at the moment. Offensive touchdowns this, this season, right? Christian McCaffrey and Raheem Mostert both have twenty, right? The Steelers, Patriots have twenty. The Giants have eighteen. The Panthers have sixteen, and the Jets have thirteen. That's many offensive touchdowns those teams have. And Raheem Mostert, Raheem Mostert himself has seven more offensive touchdowns than the New York Jets. That is just an incredible statistic for one season. Um, right, I think we're going to maybe move the goalposts onto Sunday Night Football. I think we were waiting all day for Sunday Night. Is mm-hmm. what an important clash between the Baltimore Ravens and the Jacksonville Jaguars. AFC seedings at stake. Uh, both teams, depending on how this, this game goes, could end up actually you know, building momentum to seal their division or to lose it out. Uh, we know the Jaguars have had uh, quarterback issues. We know the Ravens have managed to find ways to make games really close. They've managed to come out on the right side of more of them this year than they did last year. But I think this has the recipe to be a really close matchup. What do you? Uh, what way do you look at this one, Kieran? Um, yeah, I think it'll be close um, for the most for most of the game. But I I just think the Ravens have got too much. Um, you know, I've seen the Jaguars' defense up close, and I've seen them on. Uh, the last four weeks and they are not they are not firing on all cylinders they are not cohesive they're giving up a lot of big plays um and the way that uh that lamar can get into that group with say flowers um i would be worried <laughs> be very worried for the jags tonight what weather conditions are not great it's gonna be breezy out there i'm not sure how the stadium will will soak up the wind but um you know it, it may come down to field goals um towards the end but i think that I, the Ravens are a three and a half favorite, and uh, I would take uh, I would take the Ravens by six tonight. I think that their defense, the Ravens' defense, is absolutely phenomenal. When you when you when you watch the the speed that they make tackles and the the way that they swarm around players with the ball, and they're just they're all playmakers. They're good for you know one to two um, huge turnovers in a game at a pick six. The Jags' D has not been at it lately. Um, they've got a couple of injuries. Um, I think the Jags losing Christian Kirk was a huge blow. And I don't think uh, Lawrence is 100 percent, despite what he says. Um, the uh, I think that's going to be the difference. I think um, you know Lamar and, and Zay Flowers will click. The Jaguars' defense will stay with it for a good chunk of the game. But I think it's when you know the business end in the fourth quarter. I think that the Ravens pull away and win by six. Yeah, well, look, it's been a fantastic week of NFL action again, and I'm delighted to have your company, Kieran Boyle. Thank you very much for. Joining us to help recap some of that. Just remember, guys, it is only a few sleeps now until Christmas, and it's only 55 sleeps until the Super Bowl uh, 57 uh, in uh, in Las Vegas. It is it really, really is the most wonderful time of the year. Kieran, thanks very much for taking the time out to speak to us today. I say appreciate it.